Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Oh, back like we never left. What's going on, ladies and gents? Dale Lippin in here with my bro host, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, brother? I'm dreading. I'm dreading today. Why, man? Why? I usually love and adore our Tuesday nights on YouTube Live, but knowing what we're subject to, knowing what I went through over the weekend, I'm in all. I'm in a world of hurt. What? What hurts? What? what sit down. Tell Papa what hurts. Well, my, my belly hurts. I uh, I decided to indulge too much during uh, Halloween. No, it wasn't the candy. It was the the adult beverages, dude. I still have the shakes. Now, let me ask you this. So I, I grew up in an area, uh, those of you that are not familiar with Western Pennsylvania, it's a very hilly area. So trick-or-treating is equal parts mountaineering as it is, <laughs> as it is candy <laughs> gathering. So you don't get a ton of candy. Like, you get some. Yeah. You don't get a ton. And then as... The uh, opioid and heroin epidemic has slowly <laughs> crept into the steel country. Uh, trick-or-treating got pretty sketch. So right. my brother and I were done trick-or-treating at a fairly young age. Uh, my neighborhood now, much nicer. Uh, my wife and I removed our kids from that environment, and we live in a much nicer neighborhood. Our neighborhood now, Halloween is just as much for the adults as it is for the children. Is that what your neighborhood like is like? You know, we didn't have many trick or treaters. I um, I felt like I was more like Santa Claus walking around. I did not dress up as Santa Claus, but I had a wheelbarrow of fun of uh, shots and other fine adult beverages I was passing out to the other uh, adult goers on said venture. Yeah. So the way ours is set up is most of the houses, like everybody had their setup kind of in their driveway, not a lot of door knocking or anything like that. Everybody's just sort of set up. A lot of places had shots, jello shots, or beers. Um, So by the time, there's less than 100 houses in my neighborhood. By the time we did our our loop, if you will, I think I was, I think I was about eight or nine shots deep and about four or five beers. But you you worked it out. Like you you cardioed, you, you, you kept omitting all the alcohol while ingesting it as well. 
So sort of, out. sort of. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We're in the trust tree here, so I'm just gonna let you know. This. I don't drink a lot of liquor anymore, as you know. I like Jameson, but I don't drink a lot of it anymore. Uh, I really got off the sauce, so to speak, and have just been enjoying the occasional beer. My belly was not happy and continues to not be happy with me after ingesting a lot of liquor, not to mention a lot of Halloween themed liquor, mm. a lot of sugary stuff, which your boy mm-hmm. does not do very well. Mm-hmm. It's not my speed, man. I've been, no, I basically been spitting hot mud out of my butt since Sunday, <laughs> man. It's been, Fuck. it's been yeah. bad, man. I already don't feel good when you say that. Um, Dale. Yeah, probably one of the best treats that we received this past weekend, though. Glover, dude, I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm I'm excited. Here's the thing, right? And I, you know what, I they're gosh, he's 42, and maybe it's I'm maybe I'm old here, right? Maybe I'm old, but but I needed I needed that fight to take place in Las Vegas. Hmm. Hmm. I needed that fight to take place on U.S. soil because I'm going to be honest with you. The Abu Dhabi crowd doesn't do it for me. They just don't do it. I don't feel I don't feel the heat. I don't feel the pop. I don't feel the love and the appreciation for the sport. Glover to share OG of OGs. Nobody denies this. Right. And he's been around for a lifetime. And this that was one of the seminal moments in MMA history, really, or promotional history. Akin to when Michael Bisping knocked out Luke Rockhold. The difference is, is when Bisping did it, he did it on U.S. soil and the crowd paid due respect and homage to the same. And I feel like we missed out on that in Abu Dhabi. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer and say, you know, beat shit up because I'm over the moon thrilled for Glover. I'm bummed Corey Sanhagen lost. Piotr Jan outclassed them. It was a master class from Piotr Jan. Uh, but yeah, man, I just really, I needed that Glover fight to happen stateside. I, I just wanted that. I, I needed it to be more storybook. Maybe I'm just being cynical here. No, no, I think I think you're totally right. At least you got to bring the belt back. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You got to do his little parade. You know, everyone's still you know holding a tear, holding a candlelight to the greatness that is Glover and 42 years old. And we we promised uh, here tonight on November 2nd that to pay homage to a wonderful 42 year old absolute fucking savage mm-hmm. a shoey for the dads yeah here's the thing is i don't understand where and i wanted to ask you about this how did we land on shoey for a brazilian fighter so like a shoey is like a, a new zealand australia thing yeah right oh i know why okay why well because we were talking about how dads tend to like mow lawns and... oh the dad shoes with the with the, mm, okay mm-hmm. all right yeah all right so um, why don't you tell the listeners here what type of beer you have, as well as what shoe you will be indulging in out of tonight? I've got a Golden Road Mango Cart Mango Wheat Ale. This God, is more my speed, fun. as far as like what I can handle sweet wise. Um, yeah. If you haven't had one of these, they're fantastic. It's like drinking a mango, um, but it's hint of mango more so than liquid mango. So a nice crisp wheat ale with a mango finish, as opposed to a mango. Uh, like taking a bite out of a mango. So they are fucking good, man. They are so good. Um, and I will be, you know, it's funny as I thought, um, I, I thought let's, I was going to do my grass cutting shoes, right? Um, right. That, that's yeah, I was going to do the ASICs, but, but I realized that after the Tai Tui Vasa shoe, I already had a shoe that I did shoeies out of. 
Mm. And I was like, you know what, dude? I know right. I said the grass cutters, but I figure dad force ones. I'm just going to go with the dad force ones. Ball used to be life. That's how I met my old lady. You know, yeah. I'm a dad because of basketball. Yeah. Dad force ones. Wow. I didn't know that those still existed. You probably got some serious J in those. I'm I'm ready to see you commence suck down, good sir. Uh, you going to tell me about your beer and your shoe? Are you just going to gloss over this like you're not going to do it too? <laughs> That's a good try. That's a good try. But, Thank you. You know, I have... I have three kids, so that whole like I'm gonna hide the peas under the under the napkin thing that you just did that doesn't work for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, as I told you as of recently, um, you know, haters haters be you know come out of the woodworks right now. But I have not been drinking that much beer lately. I've been on the seltzer train, as your boy has been on for a long time. Going Coors Pure. Have you heard of this beer yet? No. Coors what is that? Pure. That is well, what is that like? They force feed. Coors to a bunch of models and make them sweat it out, and then you, you just gather it up and you drink it. What is it? It seems like mostly water. California beer, dude. It seems like mostly water. Is it organic? Organic barley, organic hops, sifted through quinoa water. Um, is is there kale in that? No sugar, ninety two calories. Guess what? They don't Man. even show the ABV on here, so I had to Google this son of a bitch and be like, "Hey, what? is this is this 2. a non alcoholic beer?" 2.7. 3, 3.6. So Bro, come bitch. on. I know. Man. I know. But I'm whipping Ooh. out Nike Skate Edition SB Boy. Those are nice. Those are nice. So yeah. you're essentially going to drink water out of a Nike. Yeah, which you could make an argue that's pretty savage. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'll get on board with that. Let's see. Let's hear the crack. Oh, it's even a soft crack. It is. It is actually kind of squeaked. That, yeah, I mean, it was like the, it was like wrapped in Egyptian cotton. Your beer is like three hundred thread count. That, that, that shit oh. is soft. It's, it's it is it is. This is it's, it's a blanket. It is. It's just that's just. I'm not. I'm not digging it. I'm not digging it. Oh gosh. How do? Oh gosh. How? Any other time, I have no problem pouring beer, but now I have a terrible time pouring beer. Oh gosh. Are we doing this simultaneously? I mean, we can. Yeah. Golly, this is a nightmare. Whose idea was this? I don't know. I'm just gonna do it. Here we go. I just I've already poured I've already poured in. It's crazy how it just holds it like a cup. I haven't done one of these since I'll give you something. I'll give you something you can cup. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh gosh. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. There's something in it. Oh, oh my god! That's the worst thing. Oh boy! Ugh. I'm pretty sure there's a wood chip in there. <coughs> Something in it. Something in it. <coughs> Something in it. <coughs> I think there was a spider in my shoe. <coughs> oh man, I haven't worn those in a long time. Oh man, I don't like it. Right. Are you proud of me now, Pop? <sighs> All right. I don't like it. Gross. <laughs> like it at all. There was something. Oh, man. I didn't like that. There was something in there. Yep. <laughs> For you, Glover. We love you. So, essentially, uh, the beer was real foamy. Some, there's some, I don't know if it was like baking soda or old foot powder or something made that yeah. beer super foamy. So, yeah, as soon as I dude. poured it, it starts 
foaming out and then the foam coupled with whatever uh, uh, debris was in there. Not yeah, it's probably some leftover athlete's foot powder, some gross <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, God, oh. I'm gonna, I don't know how I recover from this. It's a weird way to start the show. The only way you got to recover, Dale, is you've got to oh, make sure you're prepared next time. I feel like you're not prepared. You just came in with some nice shoes, beer that probably didn't make any sense. I hope going into the holiday season, you're going to prepare yourself. If you guys want to prepare yourself like I did this year, got my turkey coming on the way, go to stayclassymeats.com, type in our code FIST. That's going to get you 10% off. You've also, Dale, which I'm just going to keep talking shit because I felt like I did that shoey way better than you. You're wearing the Taylor Tombstone shirt version two. Great tee, great human, great brand. Guys, if you want to wear dope clothes like Dale's wearing, I'm also rocking one of their six shirts right now that is covered in pure Coors Light Light Beer. Go to allegiancecoli.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. Damn, dude, I'm all hyped. That beer got me psyched. UFC 268, pay-per-view, Madison Square Garden. Freaking, let's get the New Yorkers out. Everything else in New York looks like shit. Not this card, dude. Bro, is this what you're like when you get bottomless mimosas at brunch on Sunday? Yeah, I get pretty hyped. Let's say you get one low alcohol content sip in you, and you're you're ready to fight somebody. If if my nickname going into an octagon was gonna be anything, it would be Trey Bite the Hair of the Dog Van Buskirk. Wow, wow, yeah. why? That's you, what I do. It just wouldn't be hair of the dog. It would be bite the hair of the dog. That's the saying. You bite the hair of the dog. Okay, is it? I've never. I've I've always just heard hair of the dog. I've never heard the bite the. Maybe it's just the hair of the dog. You're having me second guess myself. I don't appreciate that's what, it. Hey, look, that's what I'm here for. I'm just here okay. to just sow seeds of doubt into everything you think and feel. Just like when I told you we live in a, in a simulation. Mm, yes, I know. I thought about that for a while. I have never seen a neighbor carrying groceries. It's been a little weird past 72 hours. I just, all I'm going to say is, is think about it. Just think about it. The fact, like we've all played video games before, right? The mm-hmm. world just loads up as you move through it. Every interaction you have just occurs as it's happening to you. You have no way to know whether or not it's actually real. Like, I don't know what you're doing. I have no way of proving that you are real unless I'm doing something to interact with you. In which case, you could just be part of my programming. Well, I'm a part of this program. That's true. You are. You are. You're you're an integral part of this program. I think this program is better when you're a part of it. When you're here. Yeah, man. Well, let's give the listeners what they have programmed to listen to. That is the breakdown of this stacked card, dude. Fine. You're you're trying to move me along here. That's fine. (laughs) I understand. It's okay. You can try to move me along. I I have the wheel of this thing, and I will drive as (laughs) slow as I want to. (laughs) And like I've told you before, (laughs) like he said in The Wedding Singer, I have the microphone, so you will listen to everything that I have to say. Um, so here, that's what we're doing. All right. I know. We have a massive card. It, it, it's a massive card, right? And yes. what's great about it is they broke it down into the three of like the early prelims, prelims, and the main card, which is how yeah. you know that there's a quality card. Whenever they just mash it together, prelims, main card, mm-hmm. that's Man. how you know it's shit. But when they want to differentiate early prelims, prelims, and main card, they're letting you know which section we're going to be in. So we're going to start with the actual main card, Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar. 
at 23-9-1, taking on Marlon Chito Vera at 17-7-1. Frankie Edgar, plus 155. Chito Vera, minus 180. Now, before we get breaking these down, right? Before we get to breaking these down, I'm just going to let you guys know that while we are going to uh, move through these as quick as we can, there is going to be some detailed breakdowns on these. This is going to be a little bit of a longer show. So if you don't have a beverage, good one to get a beverage, come back, pause, do whatever you're doing, boom, 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 we're going to make it happen. All right, so Frankie Edgar, Cheeto Vera, do we have a banner for this or no? Dale, we do not have a banner for this one. This is the only one that was not loaded. For those listeners out there, it might also be a little bit of a rocky episode because producer Jake is Jake probably is smoking darts, did not show He's up for his assignment. Again, dude. Producer Jake is on waivers, bro. But I'll read it off to you there, good sir. Good. We got Frankie Edgar to plus 150. We got Marlon Chito Vera at a minus 180. Over Undersdale is set at two and a half. Give me your take, brother. Gotcha. Well, I think two and a half is the number to have, right? Um, Frankie Edgar, notoriously durable, despite the fact that he's had a little bit of a mixed bag his last few fights. Um, there have been some finishes sprinkled in there, which we didn't have with Frankie Edgar for the longest time. But that's a testament to where he's at in his career, which is the end. I think this is essentially it, right? Frankie Edgar has lost uh, four out of his last six. His only wins coming over Cub Swanson and Pedro Munoz. The Pedro Munoz win was a split decision back uh, in, what was that, August of last year. Um, so Frankie's on the decline, right? Now, I understand that he beat Pedro, and Pedro's one of the top of the division, and you can say, well, he could be competitive at Bantamweight still. Maybe he can still hang around and do some things. I really believe that there's probably a very vast chasm that exists between Frankie Edgar and the elite of the division. I don't believe that Pedro is of the elite of the division, which we just recently saw in his most uh, recent fight with Jose Aldo. We've really kind of got a, um, I don't know, man, Corey Sandhagen, Piotr Jan. I'll I'll throw Aljo in there just because he's the champ per se. Um, I'm going to put Marab in there as a top four, even though he's not ranked as such. It's those four and really kind of everybody else. There's there's a gap. There really mm-hmm. is. Um, and Frankie's just not. He's on the wrong side, right? It's it's the the western where the rope bridge gets cut, and Frankie's being left behind here. Mm. Luckily for him, I think Cheeto's on that side of the bridge with him. I don't mm. necessarily think that Cheeto's running away with this either. And small rumors that this may be Frankie's send-off fight right there in New York. He's from that area, geographically speaking. This might be his his uh, coup de gras, if you will. And nostalgia's a bitch, man. And he might be able to throw it all together for one more good one against an absolute grasshopper of a human being in yeah. Marlon Cheeto Vera. Where Frankie gets this done, because I'm long-winded and I want to give you a chance here, where Frankie gets this done is a vintage Frankie grind, dirty box clinch, in and out, mix up, your, mix in your takedowns um, effort. He's not going to be strong enough to hold Marlon to the ground and dominate him like that. But what he has to do is he has to mix in the takedowns with his boxing and wear Marlon down because Marlon can fade as the fight goes on. Cheeto does lack a little bit of grit. He does lack a little bit of blood and guts. Um, so if Frankie can 
put in that workmanlike performance. He might be able to steal one on the cards here. I would say if you're on Frankie, take Frankie by decision. Mm. He's not a, he's not known as a finisher. I don't believe that Frankie goes out there and knocks out Marlon Vera. I think that one of the safest plays that we've had, historically speaking, as far from a betting perspective, has always been Frankie Edgar by decision. It's, it's, it's essentially the old Kamara Usman by decision, but we'll talk about Kamara here later on. Uh, Frankie, that, that that's vintage Frankie. So if you want to plug in to the vintage, go into Frankie by decision here. Uh, but Cheeto Vera should win this fight. If Marlon Cheeto Vera ever wants to sniff anything close to a number one contender fight, anything to a top five fight, he has got to beat Frankie Edgar and do so in convincing or emphatic fashion. I just don't know if he's going to get it done that way. For my money, one more time, once more into the breach, Frankie Edgar by decision. I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, you broke that down <laughs> so good, dude. I have absolutely nothing really to give except for, I think, the over is a, a good play there. Obviously, minus 170, you're not getting much value. I think Frankie by decision is a good play. I mean, if you want to play him straight at plus 150, that's good. He is going to wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And I think that is a unique look for Cheeto, the grasshopper. Cheeto is going to be, I think, actually have the better cardio. But how's Frankie going to you know, fare when he's kind of going up and down? He's older. He's 40. That's wrestling while we believe it is the best and most um, – this most critical MMA trait to have, it is also the most tiring. So I hope it's not Frankie's last go. I think he had a rude awakening, obviously, with the the Sandman, but he is still a threat. His style is still very exhausting. I think that Cheeto Vera, outside of his striking, which we know we saw with Davy Grant, who chose to strike with him, he is not a guy that <laughs> fares well with the grappling. So there's a void in the game. I love his hands. I love Jason Prio. I love that whole Ruka team, but this is a tough matchup for Cheeto. I'm right with you. I think Frankie by decision is a good play, um, but I think this goes into later rounds for sure. Did you say Cheeto's going to have better cardio than Frankie Edgar? I do. I do think so. Yeah. Who's ever out? Who's ever out cardioed Frankie Edgar? Has anybody ever? Out, no, out. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying that he gasses, but Frankie is a notorious volume type striker, and you mm-hmm. see in the later rounds whether it's two or three that volume and pace decline exponentially. He doesn't mm. get gassed, but he slows down. And if you see anything about mm. Cheeto, Cheeto's hands are fast. He has a decent amount of volume, but he's more selective with the shots, which doesn't make him exhaust exhaust his gas tank. That's interesting. Interesting. We see, so we, we both interpret the same data differently. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. It's almost like the CDC. Uh, all right. Let's see here. And then you said Frankie had a rude awakening against Sandhagen. I think it was the exact opposite. I think he was rudely put to sleep. <laughs> another way you're interpreting. I get it. Another, another way. <laughs> Again, it's weird. Trust the science. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Shane Burgos taking on Billy Quarantillo. Quarantillo 16 and three trade taking on Shane Burgos. At 13 and three. For my money, these are two top 20 most exciting fighters in the promotion. I've said this before. I will say it again. I freaking love both of these guys. There's not a lot of people, uh, well, they're on this card, but there's not a ton of people out there in the promotion that I enjoy watching more than Shane Burgos and Billy Q. 
But I'll tell you what, man, the fact that they're pitting these two against each other, I freaking love it. Billy Q's mm-hmm. a plus 160. Shane Burgos minus 200. Over under rounds at two and a half. I went first last time. That means you get to go first this time. What you Shane got? Burgos is going to come into the octagon on a fucking pirate ship. This guy, we said, he is the modern-day pirate. If he wins, Dana White pays him in doubloons. He doesn't pay in straight cash. The mm. guy's an absolute psychopath, and that's why we love him. He's out of his mind. He's going to move forward. I'm worried if this guy's going to have chin issues. The guy has gone to war. He's definitely going to have some brain damage going forward. That Barboza clip to the head where he was in it for a second, then blacked out and got KO'd. That is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. He is durable. We saw that and obviously the Josh Emmett fight. Billy Q, I actually think he's going to be the smarter fighter. He's got a great right. He's got great length, great reach, great reads. He picks it up in the later rounds. He's one of those guys, and we talked about Piotr Jan um, you know, this past weekend. He's a guy that can take damage in the first early rounds, readjust in the later, and actually pick it up. I like Billy Q in this fight because I think he's going to be a little bit more strategic in there while Shane Burgess is going to bite down on the mouthpiece. What makes me nervous is I think that the striking and the power mm-hmm. that Shane possesses is going to be better, which mm-hmm. is going to lay it on Billy, something that he's never had before. He's never felt that type of power. Mm-hmm. So I think that Burgos's style is going to be heavier and that heavier type of like, I don't know, striking that fares better with the judges. We've seen that as of recently. You could put more volume out there. You could patty cake. But at the end of the day, the freaking judges want the freaking meat cake, dude. They want that explosion. He's going to play to a large, uh, loud crowd. He's going to play to the judges. I think this thing fares for Burgos, even though Billy Q is a live dog. So Billy Q is the live dog um, here. I mean, 100%. When we talk about the same, again, we're just I'm going to rehash the same things we say all the time. A dog that will fight for your money. Billy Q is that guy. Uh, I think that the difference maker in this fight is going to be the submission threat of Billy Q. Um, I think that he's going to come at him. And I, I, to a testament to both of these guys' willingness to walk forward, I think that the difference becomes who can control the other one up against the cage and try to get a, like, get a takedown and move into a submission. I don't believe that Billy Quarantillo wants to stand there for three rounds and throw hands with Shane Burgos. I just don't believe he wants to do that. I just, right. I don't. Shane Burgos is very good at moving his head, getting inside. He does a great little inside leg kick to like the yeah. lower calf inside of the knee to try to destabilize that front leg to make it so your jab's ineffective to get you to switch stances because he can switch stances as well. So if he can get you moving he then can get himself going. So I believe that what his what his strategy will be is to beat up the lead leg of Billy Q, who walks a little heavy, um, get him to work because Billy Q throws a lot of arm punches, although albeit effective. If he can get him working, he can get him tired. If he can get him tired, he can get him out of there. Billy Q, on the other hand, has to negate that by closing the distance punishing Shane Burgos with counter shots. He needs to come over top of the jab with those arm punches, with those straight rights, and he needs to close the distance and get a takedown. If he can get a takedown, I think mm. that he's got a very good opportunity to get a submission. Tiger Shulman is a great gym. Uh, Shane Burgos out of there. He's in there with killers day in and day out, but there's this is there's a lot of New York heat here. You've got like upstate New York and New York City heat. This is a great fan favorite uh a hometown kid 
really fight. I mean, there's this is going to be if we were on opposite ends, I would call this a people's main event. This is probably the fight I'm least inclined to bet on because I just want to enjoy it to go to, to I just want to enjoy the violence, to be honest with you. I don't necessarily want to find myself on one side or the other. Gundam, you know, if, if you're asking me, I absolutely want you to pick somebody. I'm going to take Shane Burgos just because I think he's got a he has more paths to victory. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, this is a coin flip fight for me, despite the minus two hundred odds. It is, and you know, we have some people in the chat here are saying, "Hey, we really like the inside the distance here." You yeah. know, the over under set at two and a half. You can get under two and a half here for plus one seventy. That might be a play. Um, what's you know, just the, what's in, inside the distance is going to come in at like plus or right at even money then. So give yourself the other two and a half minutes. Yeah. I would just give you, I would give yourself the other two and a half minutes. I like uh, Edward Denham. I like, that's a great, that's, that's a good, good chance there. Um, The only thing I would caution you against is the durability of both guys. I know, I know we're talking about the, uh, you know, the knockout of Burgos or whatever, but again, he's got that big, thick Puerto Rican head. Billy Q has not shown himself to be a powerhouse the way a, a guy like an Edson Barboza is. I would lean, I would lean on that head um, and Billy Q's own toughness and, and savvy there. Uh, but let's go inside the distance and just hope for violence. Let's like betting the over in a basketball game. Let's just hope for a good game. Yeah. I'll go with inside good. the distance there. I'm cool with it. Uh, me likey. Me likey. Yeah. You cool with that? All right. Yeah. I'm cool with it. If you had to, like if you had to pick though, who do you think is going to win that fight? I, like I said, I think Shane Burgos is going to play to the judges a little bit more. So I'm going to go mm. Burgos. Okay. Okay. Man, dude, that I'm telling you, that freaking I don't know what it is, freaking gold bond powder or something, man, got me jacked up. All right, Justin Gaethje taking on Michael Chandler. So weird to me that this isn't even a co-main. This is sitting in the middle of a main card. Michael Chandler plus 170 versus Justin Gaethje. Gaethje at a minus 210 over on our rounds here. One and a half trade. Let me wet my whistle for the human highlight that is Justin Gaethje. Ooh, you mean Homer Simpson? I love me some Justin Gaethje, as most people do at this point, right? And you don't want to be hipster and be like, oh, I was on Justin Gaethje back in World Series of Fighting. But I've had my eye on Justin Gaethje for a while. He was one of the more excited. I, I was more excited about his acquisition into the UFC than a lot of other up-and-coming individuals. I was very excited when he got here. Um They've only fed him killers since then. The criminally underrated Michael Johnson, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, um, Tony Ferguson. I mean, Khabib, obviously. Like, literally, they're only feeding this guy absolute monsters. And here comes Michael Chandler. Now, in my opinion, Michael Chandler had a very storied career in Bellator. Uh, he came over and obviously won and won inside the octagon here in, inside the UFC. I'm not the. The jury is still out as far as I'm concerned on what I think Michael Chandler's ceiling is and what I think Michael Chandler is capable of within the promotion. As you know, I'm not a huge believer in Charles Oliveira, despite the fact that he is the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. I don't particularly, I'm not particularly impressed with Charles Oliveira. Um, Three fights ago, he beat Jared Gordon. So I don't, I'm not. I just I don't love it. So him beating Michael Chandler to me speaks volumes to the skill level of Michael Chandler more so than it does the skill level of Charles Oliveira. But again, that's me. I realize I can be an island in that regard. I think Michael Chandler is a fantastic athlete. 
In fact, he might be one of the most physically gifted individuals on the roster. Mm. He's a freak. I don't necessarily know how much that translates into him being a good fighter. Mm. I don't particularly find him very good at fighting. I find him very good at being athletic and very good at wrestling and very good at hitting hard, but not necessarily being a mixed martial artist. It's not necessarily something I see him being very good at. Uh, He wins brawls. He wins wrestling matches. But when it comes to um, having to use the old noodle and having to find a plan B or C or work your way through a problem, he doesn't appear to be equipped to do that. Justin Gaethje, I'm not going to say that he's out there writing, you know, magnum opuses as well, but Hmm. I think he is very skilled in quite a few things, violence being one of them, but I think he's the more complete martial artist uh, than Michael Chandler is. He's not the athlete that Michael Chandler is, but I believe he's a better fighter, if you will. Um, And I think he has more paths to victory. I think he's... I don't think he's going to submit Michael Chandler, uh, but I do believe that the things that Justin Gaethje does really well, historically speaking, are bad news bears for Michael Chandler, i.e. he hits like a truck, and Michael Chandler has that little tiny head and doesn't like getting hit very hard. Justin Gaethje hits you. Bad things happen to you. He also has had terrible problems with his legs and ankles for the latter half of his career here. And anybody that has fought Justin Gaethje will tell you that guy kicks like a horse. (laughs) So if he goes in there and is able to kick Michael Chandler one or two times, and and I say one or two times knowing full well that it can be only one or two times in which he kicks him that can completely alter the course of this fight. It can completely rearrange things. It's it it it's a Justin Gaethje leg kick is like a Francis Ngannou uppercut. It will change the course of your destiny. He kicks that hard, and it's possible. It's possible that this fight does not go very long at all. Um, this has a weird feel to me of a fight that something strange is going to happen in. But I'm knocking on wood that that doesn't happen. Um, I'm going to take Justin Gaethje and I'm going to lean over one and a half just because I think Chandler is going to exhaust all resources after the first couple initial confrontations with Gaethje to try to find a way to, to make an adjustment. But ultimately his piss poor fight IQ and ability as a mixed martial artist will fall short somewhere in the second round and Gaethje being the conductor of carnage that he is, his violence will reach uh, a crescendo somewhere in the second round, early third, and get Chandler the hell out of there. You know, I'm a big proponent of fighting to certain levels or remaining active. Um, And when you are active, what are those levels that you're fighting against? I don't look at Michael Chandler's recent record. I'm not discounting anything he did in Bellator. But as of recently, sure, he had his intro to the UFC and fight um, against uh, Dan Hooker. But Dan Hooker was a deer in the headlights from the moment he was walking out, didn't get a good look, look from standing. Charles Oliveira comes in, quality competition, left hook, ground and pound in the second round. Okay. But prior to that, let's go to his wins, like the Benson Henderson. 
Benson Henderson wasn't what he was five years ago. The dude's on a three-fight lose skid. Like, he's not what he was. He's fighting guys that are just kind of a little bit over the hill. He's going to be met with someone who has been fighting to his highest potential and been fighting the highest and best prospects in the UFC, i.e. the Khabibs. Now, was the Khabib fight a very good litmus test as to, like, what, how well-rounded Justin Gaethje is? Absolutely not. I mean, we're talking levels as it relates to wrestling. But Justin Gaethje was in there. Fights like a dog. You know you're going to get in 100% Justin Gaethje every single fight. I wanted to ask you this, Dale. I came on uh, Instagram Live before we went on the live show here. And my biggest question, I'm actually, this is a big benefit, I believe, for Justin Gaethje, is he's getting the first take with Trevor Whitman on the night. After Justin Gaethje, he goes into the Rose Namajunas fight. Then Trevor, then he goes into the Kamara Usman fight. I, if I was a fighter, I'd like to get Trevor Whitman from the onset. I don't want him after he's had a couple fights under his belt. And he's been sitting cage side. Are you stoked that Trevor Whitman gets him here in this spot? Do you think that fares any difference for the night? That's a good point. Um, sure. Yeah, I can see that. I can, I can get over that. I think um, I really honestly didn't occur to me until you said something that Whitman's got three three fights back to back to back. Um that is an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, as far as a teammate goes, you kind of want to be the lead horse. Um, mm-hmm. If Gaethje loses, <laughs> um, I don't know what that speaks for as far as, far as volume goes uh, for the for the next two fights. Um, but we'll get to those here shortly. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. To go back to what you were saying about Chandler, uh, yeah, the win over Dan Hooker the win over Ben Henderson, which was the second time beating Ben. He beat Benson a, a few years back, which is fine. I mean, he beat, he did beat Ben Henderson five years ago back when mm-hmm. Ben Henderson was good. I, I use good uh, in quotations there, but I, I still think Ben Hen- Benson Henderson's a decent fighter. He's uh, just not what he once was, but right. whenever Benson went to Bellator, that's like the fight they made was him versus was Chandler and Chandler won won that via split decision. But like, if you're talking about losses, um, you're looking at Brent, Brent Primus. That was the one where he got beat beat via leg kicks, Patricio Pitbull, Will Brooks and Eddie Alvarez. That's really kind of it. But if if you look at who they're giving them in the meantime, Bellator has this weird thing, right? Where you're either competing for a title or you're fighting a regional guy, right? (laughs) Like it's not like an in-between you're either like, fighting a one or two, like one of their only known names, or you're fighting a regional guy. Like you're Mm -hmm. either fighting if you're, um, and due respect to both of these gentlemen, you're either fighting Ben Henderson or you're fighting Sydney outlaw. (laughs) Right. Right. Like Michael, Michael Chandler fought Patricio Pitbull and then he fought Sydney outlaw. Right. Right. Um, I just, you know, I don't know. You fight Will Brooks, and then you fight Derek Campos. Like, there's just a, you just, it just, there's, like, when they talk about steps, it's not like the rocky steps where it's like, it's like the steps at, like, I don't know, man. That shit you see, like, at national parks leading up to, like, a mountaintop. It's like, step, step, step. Like, they just... It, there's there's big time levels there. Anyway, so he comes in, he, he beats Dan Hooker, like you said, Dan Hooker, deer in the headlights. I will say this as a pushback to the Gaethje Khabib fight. I thought Gaethje fought Khabib horribly. I thought mm-hmm. he looked terrified the entire fight. He looked gassed at the end of the first round. 
he was doing that crazy elongated loping side gallop to get away from Khabib. He only he only kicked them a couple times, you know. Well, I think I think a big big component of that though is the whole his spec, dude. He came in with too much respect for Khabib, and not meaning like, oh, I respect his tools, but I respect him as a person. When Gaethje is friendly, and we've seen this with a couple different fighters, when we see like a Conor McGregor come in too friendly, that's not a good thing. Gaethje has a little bit of ill ill will towards Chandler. He's coming in, he's game ready. He knows that the title is looming again for him. It needs to get done. It's going to get done. Yeah, I need the same Gaethje that fought James Vick to show up to fight Michael Chandler. <laughs> that's Anyone the Gaethje I need. Fight that's, James the, Vick. that's the one I need to show. <laughs> all right, man. So, all right, let's get after it here. We got the. <clears throat> hold on a second. What the heck? There we go. All right. Co main event Rose Nami Yunus at 11 4, taking on Zhang Wei Li, 21 and 2. The rematch. Stupid. It's a stupid rematch. I agree with you. Um, I, I've said this before, and I'll beat this drum one more time before I let you talk about this. I think immediate rematches are dumb. I don't think you should have to yeah. beat the champ twice to be the champ. I think yeah. once you beat the champ, you're the champ. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I said my piece there. All right. Zhang Weili taking on Rose Nami Yunus. It's a pick em. Over on rounds, four and a half, Trey. What you got? Normally, I'd go right back to the Rosewell here. I thought she looked fantastic in their last fight. I think that, um, you know, I thought that she had the game plan figured out. But I'm not saying you swayed me in our previous conversation. But I am going to say this. What did sway me, I'm still going Rose. Let me just preface with that. But what made this a little bit more interesting is Waylay moved moved camps. She's with Fight Ready. She's with the Henry Cejudos, the Davison Mm -hmm. Figueroa. She's around killers in the relatively same weight class. Mm -hmm. She's getting better looks, heavier looks, stronger looks. She knows that she has to move and be more dynamic with Rose. She needs to be more active. The reason that she fell so quickly to Rose in the last fight is she wasn't active. She wasn't utilizing her leg kick. She needs to keep Rose on her toes the entire time. What makes Rose great is those angles, that fight IQ, her great footwork. I don't think someone coming in and doing a Jessica Andrade slam is the way to beat Rose. I think it's the one that's going to be more active, who's going to be first, who's not going to counterpunch. And I think Wele has the cardio. She has the wars behind her. I think that she has the ability to get this thing done. But I also think Rose is riding confidence. And the one thing we know about Rose is Rose does well when she's feeling herself. When she doubts herself, she goes into this like, you know, kind of weird, who am I? Derek Zoolander, like, you know, what am I supposed to be, Pop? No, Rose knows who she is. And I think she goes out there and does another dominant performance. I'm not going to say it's going to be freaking, you know, the um, – Yonagin Chechek type fights, but it's going to be a decisive win for Rose. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, full disclosure, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but I think a lot of what Rose has going on mentally is due to a lifetime full of abuse. Um, well documented abuse prior to that. And then her situation with Pat Barry is just as weird as it gets, man. Um, Why is that weird? Because Pat started dating her when she was a teenager and he was a grown ass man yikes did not know that oh it's full-on pedophile yeah yeah that's like a not a cool no if we go back in a time machine we can arrest pat barry wow yeah you didn't Holy know any shit no and then oh, what yeah. was the abuse thing before that she did like a whole she had they did like she did like some interview or whatever where she was she was 
I don't want to, I don't want to speak about it casually because I, I, I don't remember all the details, but there was a, some point in time where she was sexually abused and physically God, abused. Yeah. So she's had a rough life. Girls had a rough <clears throat> go. Hmm. Um, and although her and Pat have a relationship of sorts, it is a, it's, I, anyway, That's I'm not weird. a psychologist. Strange, strange. Hmm. Anyway. Um, but I think a lot of the mental issues that she could run into probably come from stuff like that. Again, pure speculation. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, right. But also maybe the thing with Rose, like you said, is she's got to be feeling herself. My concern is right. And there's something I've, I've always wondered with her, especially when it comes to the Yoana fights. Does Rose have like really good power or is she like Anderson Silva where she hits you in the right spot? Like Anderson didn't have crazy right. knockout power, but the accuracy is what did the work. Yes. Um, is that the Rose? Is that what Rose does? Because she toe tapped on, she toe tapped Whaley and Whaley folded, like legitimately <laughs> folded back on herself. Now, I will say, I think the punch to the side of the ear, back of the head as Rose dove on her did more damage than the kick itself. I think the kick maybe kind of caught her off balance a little bit. The punch to the back of the head slash ear thing really did, did the work if you watch it in slow mo. Um, but I believe that Rose might have sneaky power. And what concerns me with that is if Whaley's chin is gone after mm. the Yoana fight. Like was mm. that fair? Is is the how big is the button now? Is the button that big that a toe mm-hmm. by the cheek can put you down? Like when we saw Chuck's chin go, when we saw Rich Franklin's chin go, when you see the chin go, every time the button gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, is Whaley's button massive now? If Rose clips her even remotely clean, is she going down? Like, can I count on Whaley to be able to withstand a storm here? Because if I can, I'm taking her again. I don't think that the 85 seconds or whatever it was that the first fight was, I, I didn't see enough there that would lead me to believe that Rose Nami Yunus can beat Zhang Whaley more than you know, uh, more times than she would lose if they were to fight 10 times, right? I don't think, I don't think Rose is losing or winning rather six, seven, eight out of the 10 times they fight. I didn't see enough. I didn't see enough. I saw her get kicked. Basically the first clean strike that landed, knocked her down and then hit her same way. Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. I don't believe that if Conor and Jose fought 10 times that we would see that 13 second knockout Mm. or a a variation of it every single time. I just don't think we'd see it. Mm. But when stuff like that happens, you're beholden to the information that you have. And the information that we have is that Rose Nami Yunus contains the power within her body to beat Zhang Weili. Uh, she is also undefeated in rematches, which also Ooh. makes me nervous. So anytime you yes. fight Rose for the second time, she beats your ass again. That makes me nervous. I like the switch of camps uh, for Zhang Weili. And I yeah. also like the fact that she shaved her head. Now. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, she shaved her head like a. Wait, you shouldn't like that though. You should not like that. I, you know what? I normally would not, but immediately after the rose fight is when she did it. So she's been rocking a shaved head for well about a year now. Got it. So it's not a new thing. If we saw her embedded and she went from long hair to no hair, no care, then I would then it would matter to me. But she's had a shaved head for a while now. Almost like immediately after Rose beat her, she shaved her head. And mm. I can appreciate it. I just want to know the reasoning behind it. I haven't heard anything. I want to know the reasoning. Is it like Old Testament grieving? You shave your head as like a as a as a way to to grieve a grand loss, or did she do it because she thought maybe she might be able to impart some of the 
like take some of Rose's power over her away by making herself assimilate to the way Rose looks or, or did she shave her head off and then offer it as some sort of um, sacrifice right. that for was power it. and prosperity to her, yeah. to like to the ancestors? I don't know, man. I want to know why she shaved her head. I feel like if anything, that's going to like light the flame even gnarlier in uh, Rose. If someone copied my hairstyle, if you came on the podcast and your hair looked all feathered and lethal, all bedhead, like, oh, I didn't really try, but I really did fucking try. I'd, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, dude, fuck this guy trying to take my steez. Uh-uh, not going to happen. So that, to me, puts a little bit more aggression in the Rose Namajunas freaking pocket book. I like it. I like right, it. But, but, but Rose is also the same girl that gave the whole, like, if I can change and you can change, we can change, yeah. everybody can change kind of speech. I just want to love everybody and be the champ. I know. Calls the planet an earth ship. Ugh. Likes to eat, likes to eat microgreens, wants to dig wells in Africa and all that kind of stuff. Man. You think she cares about that? No, but it's good optics. That's good optics for sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I honestly just don't believe that that Zhang Wei Li cares about any of that. I think that she's gonna go out there and try to she's gonna try to grind Rose out. I like under four and a half at minus one oh five. That seems juicy. I doubt that we see a five round war. Right. I think we see like a three round war. I think I think we see a back and forth, just absolute anarchy three rounds. Yep. Under four and a half. Let's under four get and a half. I'm still taking Jean Wei Main event of the evening, Colby Covington taking on Kamar Usman. Usman at 19 and 1, Covington at 16 and 2. Oh boy. Here we are. Colby, no. Colby Covington plus 230, Kamar Usman at minus 290. Overrun rounds is at three and a half. Honestly, we don't have to break down another fight after this one. Nobody cares about this, uh, about what we have to say after this. No. They probably don't even not. care what we have to say now, but they're really not going to care after this. Especially after I say this, MAGA, let's fucking go. I see. Why do you have to do the MAGA thing? I don't understand the MAGA. I don't, I, you lose me with that every time. You lose me. I'm right there with you. We're, we're lockstep together. And then you start that. And I'm just like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm just excited because I'm a big parlay guy as of recently. I love my parlays, dude. Mm-hmm, Finally, mm-hmm. we talk about my first parlay of the night. Not technically on the card. It's actually the last. It's my anchor parlay here. But we've got my first parlay piece to talk about in Colby Chaos Covington. The fact that he's a plus 230 and you're talking about him being the anchor for your parlay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say it delegitimizes us as a betting podcast, but boy, <laughs> boy, you better be right. Dude, it's only a two-legger. It's only a two-legger. <laughs> Dude, here's the thing. Kamara Usman has been fighting a bunch of fucking glorified 155ers up to 170. I will agree with it. that. I agree with this. Colby has been waiting and grinding. He's been in the beat laboratory. Yes, I I believe that if Colby didn't get knocked down in that final round, he won that fight in the in the first one. Mm. Mm. I think that was the devastating blow. Mm. I do think that uh, that was the right stoppage. Mm. I do believe that. You don't Mm-mm. believe that? Go ahead, finish Mark your breakdown. Goddard, I think Mark Goddard had it right, even though Mm-mm. I don't like – I'm all about Team Covington. <laughs> He had a single on the ground, but dude, he was freaking uh-uh. obliterated. Uh-uh. 
Uh-uh. I like Covington in this fight for so many reasons. Give them all. What did we not see in the first in the first fight? We didn't see any wrestling whatsoever. They were both respecting each other's wrestling traits. Colby, though, is notoriously a better wrestler than Kamara Usman. Mm. I also think, not think, I know Colby has a better cardio tank. That is the guy with the third lung. Colby mm. Covington will have the volume. He has the better threat on the ground as it means to wrestling. I think he's gotten stronger. He's on bang energy. Like, you tell me this guy's not going to win this fight. Kamara Usman has fought to a lower level. You're coming off a Jorge Masvidal knockout. Big fucking deal. That's like fighting Nate Diaz. Big fucking deal. Dude, Colby Covington fights to levels. It is a higher level, a better level, a stronger level, a bang level. I'm taking plus 230 to the bank. And I went fucking heavy on this parlay. What's the second leg of this parlay? Curtis. Dude. Chris Curtis. Oh, my gosh. So you're going massive dogs. Okay. Just anyway, two. Just two. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I agree with some of what you're saying. Um, I think that we have seen. I'm trying to remember everything that you said that I disagreed with. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm I'm on I'm on Colby with this fight as well. And uh, going back to their first fight, I thought that the, I thought that the stoppage was bad. Um, for a couple reasons. One, he was in on a single. Yes, he was getting tagged. Yes, he got knocked down. But when you let those guys fight 23 minutes and everybody's broken and everybody's battered and everybody's bleeding and both men are willing to taste death before defeat, you let them finish the fight. You let them finish the fight. You don't step in when you think one of them might be done. You let them tell you that they're done. You let their nervous system, you let their body tell you that they're done. You don't make that that decision for them. Go back. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but go back to the last week's fights. No. That theory does not apply. We saw one of the worst refereeing moments on the planet because a guy didn't want to say no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with that, right? Is there that fight should have been stopped when the guy said he couldn't see anymore. <laughs> when the guy got poked in the eye and he said, I cannot see. We <laughs> oui, oui, I cannot see. I cannot see. Then you stop the fight. But prior to that, he's being rocked. He's getting beat up. But you know what? He landed in the exchanges with that. He was fighting back. Yeah. He's fighting back. He's not standing there up against the cage, arms down, getting pieced up. He was swinging back. Granted, was he hitting much? No, not at all. And he was getting beat up badly. He was getting beat up badly. And you could have stopped it. It would have been a justified, it would have been a justified stoppage. But mm-hmm. letting him fight through that was not the problem that I had. The problem that I had with this guy, this Vasily Slovak, Shl- whatever his name was, was Saint that. Denise. No, no, Saint Denis was the fighter. I'm talking about the referee. My problem with the referee was is that Saint Denis said, I cannot see. And the referee was like, I don't care about that. Literally put his hand up, like, I don't care about that fight. That's what I have a problem with. The guy's one eyed. You can't have a one eyed man fighting a two eyed man. That's not fair. But he's willing to fight and go out on the shield. Saint Denis didn't complain about that. His coach didn't complain about it. 
The only thing I complained about is the fact that he got poked in the eye and the ref didn't give him any time and didn't bring a doctor in. That's it. Mark Goddard, that was a premature stoppage. That's my point. Um, I believe that Colby can win this fight, and I want Colby to win this fight. Okay? But, but, Kamara Usman has been more active, and we've seen more improvement. We have not seen Colby. That's that's shit. No, hold on a second. Don't, don't, just I'm on your side, so don't treat me like the enemy here. What we have not seen is Colby do anything more than what we know that he's capable of. Usman appears, and maybe he just looks good because he's fighting JV fighters from the 155 yes. division, appears to be getting better from a skill perspective. And if he's getting better from a skill perspective, there is the chance that this second fight may go differently than the first. I think that a lot of people have themselves convinced that we're getting ready to see another five-round war. And I don't necessarily know that that's the case. I think it's going to be one of two things. I think that Usman is going to go out there and throttle Covington and get him out of there, or Colby is going to wrestle death him for five rounds. Yeah. I don't think we see another five-round banger. I don't think that's what this is. I don't think it lives up to the hype of, of the first fight. Um, I'm going to lean on Colby Covington to get it done because I thought going into the fifth round, I'm just going to be, I'm because I don't bullshit. I'm going into the fifth round. I had it tied two two. Um, I thought that the fifth round was incredibly even and the knockdown had swayed it to Usman prior to the knockdown. I thought, Usman was probably going to win the round anyway, unless Covington really found a way to do something in the last minute and a half or whatever, however much time was left. Um, the, the momentum of the fight was leaning towards Usman as Covington was wearing more of the damage and seemed to be reacting more poorly to the shots that were being landed. One of the things that has me concerned in this fight is the lack of heat. Um, there's th- th- this fight. We as fans know the heat behind it, but there's no like promotionally speaking, interview speaking. They've done a, they've done a pretty piss poor job actually, kind of promoting this whole card. Um, and they've done a, a particularly piss poor job promoting this fight. And I don't necessarily know if it's because Usman didn't want to do the press or Co- Covington didn't want to didn't want to do the press, but they've not done a great job promoting this like there should have been a little bit of a media tour they should have had these guys on espn talking to each other they should have been on various media outlets talking to each other and push this thing yeah get get the fever pitch because this is this i mean you're talking about a two polarizing people in a fight that everybody wants to see at freaking madison square garden on a double title fight pay-per-view fucking sell it baby sell i'll tell it. you why dude i'll tell you why they didn't and it's the same reason why this why colby has not been active colby justifiably should have had the run back without a doubt. The only person that didn't want that to happen, or actually the only two people that didn't want that to happen were Kamara Usman and Ali Abdeslees, dude. That management knew that the fear that Usman saw that night could be replicated once again. So that's why he got pitched all these softballs. He's getting it back. He doesn't want the amount of eyes on this fight, dude. I'm telling you because Colby's going to come in there and freight train the son of a bitch. It's possible. I mean, it's very possible. Look, he beat Tyron Woodley. Okay. He beat Colby. All right. But 
one of the things I will say this, the one thing that does bug me about this, right? That does bug me about this is that outside of the Tyron Woodley win where he won the belt and the Colby Covington win where he defended it, he's beaten Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert Burns. And people are talking about like Kamar Usman, like he's the greatest welterweight champion that's ever existed. And I just, I cannot, I cannot subscribe to this logic. I cannot do it. Um, I don't even think that a second win over Covington, should he get one on Saturday night, puts him in that in that field. Um, all that to say, plus 230, Colby's going to put himself in a position to win the fight. We will see whether or not the improvements that Kamara has made is a guy getting better playing against JV kids or if it is, in fact, um, going to translate over to the 170 division. I don't necessarily know if it is or it isn't. I'm going to go Colby for plus mm-hmm. 230. We'll see what happens, right? Um We'll see. Kamaru has consistently reacted poorly to power his entire career. He does not like being touched. Um, And you say, well, Dale, nobody likes being punched in the face. I completely get that, right? I completely get that. But everything from the Emil Mech fight um, to the Dos Anjos fight to the first Colby fight to Masvidal to Burns, he gets... He does not like being hit, man. It's he does not react well to it. It's not his, it's not his cup of tea at all. He doesn't want to be in a firefight. He doesn't want to be in the grit. He doesn't want to be in the mud in the in the mire. That's not where he wants to be. No, he'd rather be faking nut shots and faking eye pokes. I will say this: that that teep kick that Colby hit him the first time was 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 a clean kick. The eye poke, I, I'd have to go back and watch it again. I can't remember. I remember people making a whole blue about it. I see people talking about it in the chat. Um, I, I remember the body kick though, and that shit was clean. And I yeah. remember him being, "Oh, nut shot!" He's like looking at Goddard, like wink, wink. You got me, bro. Right? Yep, I got you, bro. So anyway, all right, man. Start at the early prelims and work our way up. Let's do it. All right, CJ Vergara taking on Ode Osborne. Ode Osborne at nine and four. Vergara at nine, two, and one. Mm-mm. Osborne at a minus 185 for Gar at a plus 155 over and rounds at two and a half. I'm, I'm on Ode Osborne here and I'm on him inside the distance. Yeah. I mean, this dude's massive for the division. Remember he dropped down to this division. He he's massive. He's coming off the loss to Manel Cape and Manel Cape is he came from Ryzen, right? Manel Cape. Who? Yeah. 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 He's an absolute stud. So, I mean, he's fought the quality of competition. Ode by KO. It might be a fun little sprinkle there. The CJ guys, Dana White contender series guys, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that has to slow down this fight. He's going to have to wrestle it up against the cage, constant pressure. But I think Ode is too strong. He can break away and he's definitely got power in those hands. So yeah, Ode by KO could be a good play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which, you know, who'll be happy to hear you say that is uh hot take Kate, because I think yes. Ode is one of her Midwest guys that she works with or whatever so she'll be happy to hear you say that we're on him yeah all right let's see here uh who is it is it is it melsic bagdasarian yeah and bruno souza that's next souza at 10 and 1 bagdasarian at 6 and 1 big time favorite here on bagdasarian uh minus 310 silva plus 250 if i'm not mistaken is he not the biggest favorite on the card is Bagdasarian mm. here? I believe he's the no. Ian Gary is the biggest favorite on the card. That's right. But anyway, it doesn't matter for this fight. Souza plus two fifty. Machida Academy a fighter taking on Melsic Bagdasarian minus three ten. Over and around the two and a half. How's Melsic win here, Trey? 
<laughs> well, he's getting he's getting a short notice fighter in Bruno Suze, so that's one thing. But he is getting an LFA champ. You know me, I love my LFA guys. I know you do. Souza coming in short notice though, also training like you said under Leo Machida. I hate the karate style. He has the same type of karate style as Leo Machida. Dude, wide open, a lot of fucking bullshit with the hands, leaves yourself open to be getting clipped. Melsic is very strong, good level chains, a lot of freaking power. He's unorthodox, um, so he's going to be able to present some, you know, issues that Sousa's not going to be able to see, especially on short notice. I mean, hence why you got the minus three ten here. I'm not playing this fight because there's no value, and to be honest, you know, who knows? LFA guys are strong, but Melsic should get this thing done. I'm going Melsic by KO, baby. I'm waiting for you to say it. All right, I want to buy, I'm, ta- I'm taking him by knockout, man. I'm taking the gun, dude. If your do nickname it. is the gun, you better knock somebody out. Don't you dare. Have your That's nickname fair. be the gun and come in there and decision somebody. I want headshots only. Love only. It. You know what I love even more is that it's, it's the gun taking on the tiger, which is if he beats Souza, he can call himself the poacher. These nicknames <laughs> just make themselves. I, I just it's poetry. It's poetry, man. The po- he can literally, he's like a Pokemon. He can evolve into his next form, going from the gun to the poacher. All right. Dustin Jacoby taking on John Allen. John Allen at 13 and 6. Dustin Jacoby at a minus 340. 15-5-1 is Dustin Jacoby. He's hopping in here. Um, boy, oh, boy. Last second replacement uh, to come in here and fight John Allen. And John Allen got a, a tougher fight, in my opinion, in getting Dustin Jacoby. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Allen's kind of piece of shit, dude. This guy's, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean it as a. I was say, what do you have against John Allen? He seems like a nice guy. Oh yeah, they got popped for steroids. Oh man, damn, dude. Remember the whole Mike Rodriguez overturned fight? Lost that. He won it, but then it got overturned because he got mm. in the post-fight drugging screen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I mean, I like you know cheaters, but I like Justin Jacoby. Remember, this is the dude that left, obviously, MMA for a little bit to go hone in on the kickboxing, be all about mm-hmm. the kickboxing style. Amazing kickboxing. You know, he's obviously struggled always a little bit with the wrestling, but I don't think Allen's going to come in here and freaking do a wrestle-heavy attack. I think Jacoby gets this thing done by murder, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I have – I take that, and I've done this. I've – well, no, I didn't take Darren – I didn't – I took him over Darren Stewart. Yeah, so mm-hmm. – um, I faded him against yeah. Justin Ledette. He beat the hell out of Justin Ledette. I faded yeah. him over Maxine Grishin, and I thought Grishin won that fight, but whatever. Um, and then we had the we had the split uh, or the draw with Kutalaba, and then the Darren Stewart fight. So Dustin Jacoby has looked good in his second run with the promotion. I have no reason to believe that he's not going to beat John Allen. What cracks me up about John Allen is John Allen is like super Brazilian, like as Brazilian as Brazilian gets. And his name is John Allen. Oh, it's yeah. like when the telemarketers call you and they're somewhere yeah. in in Bangladesh. And you know this person's name is Rakesh. And they're like, how do you do, sir? My name is Sebastian. Did you get our mailer? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. It's like, uh, it's dude, like, the fucking extended warranties. Are dude, you getting those right now? I don't get the extended warranties. I get the medical alert bracelets. Man, I get they the, their car's extended warranty every day. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. I get, the, I get the. Uh, they want to talk to me about um, Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, an alert bracelet. Mm. 
So, which may, I'll probably need at some point, but I just don't need it yet. <laughs> but yeah, is it, just, is, it the, is it the necklace the help I can't get up? Yeah, it's just the two. Like they, I just it kills me, man, because I call and they're like, <laughs> "Who did?" My name is Timothy, and you're like, bro, your name is not Timothy, man. I hate that. I try to waste their time as much as I can, but they usually call me when I'm at work, and I'm trying not to. I'm know. calling from Detroit, Michigan. You're <laughs> like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, man. Anyway, okay. Um, Dustin Jacoby, and he gets it done. inside. No, just don't fall into the trap of inside the distance here. No. Just – Jacoby or bust don't fall into the inside the distance trap because John Allen fought Roman Delize, who has more power than Dustin Jacoby and took Delize the distance. Um, I think Delize did Delize win by split. Well, dude, you're gonna have to do something with Dustin unless you're gonna make him a parlay piece at minus 350. No one's gonna take him straight money line. I'm just saying avoid him if need be. Like, this oh, doesn't yeah. have there's so much other stuff going on on this card, you don't have to touch this fight. Do not feel Agreed. inclined to use this fight at all. Because no. something weird could happen here. Yeah. Just Agreed. Don't, don't feel. Another fight that you should probably avoid is this next one. <laughs> John Vellante at 17 and 13. That's a real record for somebody that fights in the UFC. Um, <laughs> taking on Chris Barnett at 21 and 7. Uh, this is set. I'm just going to call it a pick because that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And Trey... I can't do it. This is like if you go to a well. Do you guys have county fairs in yeah. San Diego? Oh yeah, I love them. Are they shit the shows parties. like that? Are they yeah. shit shows like they are everywhere else? Oh yeah. Or is, yeah. Or is it like high class with like wine tasting booths and all that shit? No, it's it's shit show. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I would go and probably think it was the fanciest thing I've ever been to, but you call it a shit show. Yeah, it's like a four star hotel. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Is it safe to wear sandals at your fair? <laughs> yeah. What the? Why, why could you not wear sandals at your fair? Bro, what? Yeah, I wear sandals at the Oh, Dunmar, man, Dunmar all the Dunmar weird all stuff the on the ground and needles and sticky stuff and other people's feet and dust and stuff. You're going to wear sandals to a fair? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Really? So yeah, there are levels. There are levels, I guess. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels. Yeah. You don't wear you don't wear sandals to a fairground. Are you saying that Gian Volante and Chris Barnett are like two carnies that got pissed at each other that they didn't get enough stuffed animals in their tent? I'm saying that on Black Friday you could go to a Walmart and probably see a fight very similar to what we're gonna see on Saturday night between these two guys. More high class though. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it just depends. It depends. John Volante, um, again, like Sam Alvey, not sure how he's employed with the UFC still. Uh, but damn it, if they don't just love giving this guy fights. Uh, and he's fighting on Chris Barnett. Barnett, long time coming. People wanting to see him inside the UFC. Just a matter of whether or not he could make the weight. Those of you who are not aware, he is five foot nine, and that's a pretty generous five foot nine. He cuts weight <laughs> to make 265 pounds. Um, he can move a little bit. He can move a little bit. Just not necessarily as much as you would like him to. Uh, something tells me it has to do with the fact that he's five foot seven and weighs two hundred sixty five pounds. Um, yeah, he kind of sonic the hedgehogs around yeah. the, the octagon. Yeah, yeah, he's tough. It's tough, man. He's tough. Um, coming off a loss to Ben Rothwell, where Ben Rothwell somehow managed to beat him by a guillotine, which you think is not a real joke. Um, <laughs> 
prior to that, spent some time all over the place. A lot of a lot of island fights in Road FC. I know you're a big island fight guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you like that. Uh, losses to memorable names: uh, Oldie Thompson and Alex Nicholson. Lost to Yoel Romero and Ben Rothwell. Pretty much a pick em fight. I will just. If there's two guys out there that make me feel good about myself, it's 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 these two. It's these. Yeah, two. I don't I don't have a technical breakdown here because it's going to be a shit show if you guys haven't figured that out yet. <sighs> I know, I know. Um, I, dude, I have to keep betting on Volante though. I've done it three events uh, in a row, I think, and it has not fared any of the three times. So I feel like it's kind of like uh, Yankees uh, betters can can relate. You know, when the Yankees go on a crazy lose skid, you just got to keep playing them because you know that they're going to eventually win. Don't John Volante has to. If he does not beat Chris Barnett here, then it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um, is he still with Sarah Longo? Is he Who? still in the Sarah Longo camp, John Volante? I, buddy, I have no idea. I can sit, let me look real quick. Uh... I feel like he is. He. He's Belmore flushed. kickboxing. Ah, God, dude. Who? I, yeah. I don't know, man. His last finish was back in 2016. It's I not Sarah just... Longo anymore either, by the way. I think Weidman's on that now. I think it's Weidman Longo. Ooh. Yeah. I like over one and a half in this. This is the only thing I actually like in this fight. I, I like these. The Both guys are slow. They don't engage. They're not UFC talent. They're going to feel each other out for a quick second, and then someone's going to do something stupid, and then that's where it's going to go. Over one and a half. All right. Cool. All right, let's move on. Minus 160. (laughs) Ian Gary taking on Jordan Williams. Ian Gary at 7-0. Jordan Williams at 9-5. Jordan Williams plus 315. Ian Gary minus 390. What you got? Uh. I don't know why he's at a minus 390 and Gary, he's, he's decent. Um, cage warrior, Sanford, MMA, uh, Sanford MMA guy. Um, I think Jordan Williams just had a tough go. Obviously he's coming off that loss to uh, Mickey Gall. This is a guy that's got, you know, diabetes, you know, big story behind that does not. I know, but I actually think that that diabetes, I don't know anything about diabetes, but I do know that his cardio is not good. Maybe that's a directly correlate. I'm not sure. But he's got poor management because this is a horrible fight for him. Someone that's going to be stronger in the striking department, who's going to have better footwork and way better cardio. Jordan Williams in the later round always starts to wilt. It's probably the diabetes. I'm going with a guy that probably doesn't have the diabetes. I don't think this is poor management. I think you've got a fighter that's 9-5 and coming off a loss to Mickey Gall. You take whatever fight you can get. Be thankful for the payday and the fact that you have a spot on the roster. Mm beat Ian Gary being a plus 315 underdog and then talk about what matchups next for you. Ian Gary, as far as I'm concerned though, is an anchor parlay piece. Put him in a parlay, feel safe about it, feel happy, move along. Don't overthink it. Ian Gary wins this fight. Bang. Bang. All right. Edmund Shabazian taking on Nasruddin Imovov. Imovov at 10 and 3, Shabazian at 11 and 2. Real quick, Trey. Just yeah. I just want to say something real quick. The Braves, the Atlanta Braves, I know we're in an MMA show. The Atlanta Braves are currently up seven to nothing. So they're going to win the World Series. They're going to win the World Series. I, like most kids, grew up watching the Atlanta Braves, right? And being a big David Justice, um, Greg Abbott, just Chipper Jones. 
my uh when my parents split my dad lived in atlanta and my mom lived in pittsburgh so in the summers and the falls you know before school would start i would go down and visit my dad in atlanta and we would go to braves games mm-hmm. it's gonna be i don't give a hoot about baseball currently like it's not something that i've cared about in a long time but it's gonna okay. be cool to see the braves win the world series because if i was ever going to align myself with a baseball team that i actually cared about nine-year-old me is super pumped that they're getting ready to win Ah, see, that's cool, dude. There's a little human element to the, to the Dave Dale Lippin here. Yeah. He's almost called you Dave Lippin, dude. This this it's seltzer okay. I'm having that I switched after the uh, shoe beer is yeah. very strong. All right, Edmund Shabazian at 11-2, taking on Nasruddin Imovov at 10-3. and three. Essentially going to be a pick for this one as well. I'm so hyped Sh- for this. Shouldn't be. I love Imovov here. Over and around is at 2.5. I don't know if he necessarily gets done inside the distance, but this is a great spot for Imovov. I think a win here projects him forward the way he needs to be. I think he gets it done. I don't know how, but a more confident play despite pick of money it, for me on Saturday night is Nasruddin Imovov. Yeah, dude. I've been on high on Imovov for a while. You guys all know that. This was a dude that came in. I knew he was going to murder Ian Heinish, and he did. I didn't care about the wrestling. I was like, his striking's better. He's got good takedown defense. A guy whose grappling's A side just made him look like an absolute amateur. He looked great in the Phil's Hawes fight in the later rounds because he's got good cardio. Phil Hawes, we're going to obviously talk about him, but he looked great. And if that was a five round fight, he was going to murder Phil Hawes. Edmund Shabazian, the freaking Wonder Boy, the guy that UFC was going to make the next guy, he lined himself with a piss poor camp, a piss poor coach. He's very one dimensional, he has no ground game whatsoever. If he does not get it done in the first round, Edmund Shabazian, he is done for. Imovov can is durable and can't get it done in the later rounds. Imovov, Imovov, Imovov. All right, man. I like I like the conviction. I like the conviction you're hitting me with here. Yeah. Feeling strong about it? Yeah. Strong like, well, plus strong I like... freaking hate um, – what's his name, dude? The, I, 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 his name I evades me because I don't even want to think about it. The coach, Ronda Rousey, I shit. Right. I hate him. Phil Hawes at eleven and two, taking on Chris Curtis twenty six and eight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chris Curtis plus two fifty five. Phil Hawes minus three thirty. Another guy that you hate, Phil Hawes. Um, Chris <laughs> Curtis plus two fifty five. You said he's the second part of your parlay. You are in a Colby Covington, Chris Curtis. <gasps> the four C's: Colby Covington, Chris Curtis. It's Whoa, a sign. It's a sign, bro. I needed the sign. I did it. not Four need the CCs. sign. Though. I knew. I knew from the beginning when I saw Chris Curtis fight. I was like, this guy's going to be. He's going to make an impact in this division. He's a PFL guy. He trains with Sean Strickland. He gets in freaking rounds. This is a guy that throws for the fences. Is extremely durable. Dude, Phil Hawes. Yes, he's looked better since he moved to Sanford MMA better yeah mm-hmm. he's still not he's completely dismissing his wrestling background that he had he's starting his hands are starting to evolve but he still has no cardio tank i think a guy that's going to press forward really doesn't doesn't have much to lose here he's in a great spot to make an actual name have someone on his resume at plus 255 this is a dog that's going to fight for your money i will surround myself with any fighters right now they're getting in rounds with sean strickland and sean strickland's like saying hey dude let's go thrill that to me pays dividends i know the barometer i know the ferocity i freaking love chris curtis here two leg parlay put it with colby covington it's like a plus 
1100 shit epic yeah yeah i'm okay i'm cool with it man i i i i'm not sold on phil haas yet just no. to be honest with you uh i'll go with chris curtis i i will lean experience like chris curtis has fought in every promotion um i mean really the guy literally has fought for just about every promotion I'll read some of these off to you. He does have a loss to Bilal Muhammad outside the UFC and HFC. Um, but he's literally let me dude, listen. <laughs> he's like he is the guy that has been grinding in the shadows for years, accumulating a good record, and he just needs his opportunity, right? Yeah, like he just needs it. Okay. Yeah. So like fighting in promotions like absolute action and turf wars. Sick, dude. I know, it's right? Still yeah, I know. And then he was a double champ, I believe. Was it in where was he a double champ? Was it was it CES or something like that? He was a double champ. Um, absolute action. And then, dude, how's this for a win? Right, gets a win in the Premier MMA Championship three. Do you know who he beat in Premier MMA Championship three? No, Portland Pringle the third. Wow. Where is Portland nowadays? You know what, man? The last time that I saw Portland Pringle the third fight, <laughs> dude, it was I think he went over yeah. Portland Pringle the third is a professional boxer now. That's what I thought. Um, but Portland Pringle the third was the fight that Daquan Townsend had before he got signed to the UFC. And Daquan Townsend is now out of the UFC, but that was the fight that brought Daquan Townsend in. Because uh, Portland Pringle started out his career fantastic and then just took a nosedive, believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. Portland world has not been nice to Portland Pringle the third. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I you, you sound like you're making that name up. There's no way there's a guy named Portland Pringle. It's like Chris Kringle. It's not happening. No, it's Portland Pringle the third. He not only is that a real name, but he's at, he has two people that came before him with that. <laughs> That's a commitment. Family. There was a person named Portland Pringle, and they they got another they got a woman pregnant and convinced that woman to name that kid Portland Pringle, and then that guy grew up and ha- got another woman pregnant and convinced that woman to name the child Portland Pringle. It must be from some small town where they don't know real names. Bro, that's 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 some convincing right there. Anyway, yeah, Chris Curtis is going to win a fight. <laughs> there we go. Bang, bang. Chris Curtis is going to win a fight on Saturday. <laughs> Ally Quinta taking on Bobby Green. Ally Quinta at 14-6-1, taking on Bobby Green 27-12-1. I want to provide a big, deep analytical breakdown for this fight. Ally Quinta is a plus 150. Bobby Green's a minus 180. But I think it boils down to this. Activity. Bobby Green has been more active. Ally Quinta has not. Ally Quinta is coming off a knee injury. Bobby Green is not. So Ally Quinta has been one foot in, one foot out, selling houses and dealing with knee injuries for the better part of four years now. And Bobby Green has been active getting in work and rounds with the best of the best in the lightweight division. Uh, I'm on Bobby Green here, minus 180. I feel very confident in him at that spot. Minimal juice for how confident I feel in him. I feel like the game has passed Ally Quinta by... I really do. I think that this is, I mean, I, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but this is the whole Conor McGregor evolution thing, dude. I mean, literally he's been selling real estate as 
his other people or friends within Sarah Longo have actually been seeing what relevant competition is. Unless he's getting the true like barometer that Marab's bringing into that gym or that Aljo's bringing into that gym, like he has no idea what's out there. Bobby Green, who has been active, who has great defense, who knows how to wear on you, can elongate, has momentum. See, this is a tough thing, especially for Ally Quinto, who as of his recent fights, you know, when you want to call him quote unquote recent, he has moved away from the wrestling style. He's only using his hands. Bobby Green's not going to really want to engage with the hands. He's going to do something that Ally Quinta has not been privy to for a very long time. Bobby Green's a solid play here. Don't play him inside the distance. Just play him outright over two and a half. I see Ally Quinta, while he has been away from the game, he is still a fairly durable dude. So this could go the distance. The only thing that makes me nervous about betting Bobby Green is he always finds him on the weird. He always finds himself in a situation where it's going to be a split decision. Mm-hmm. I hate the right. fact that he never cleanly wins any fight. Like I'm never waiting for the judges to read a scorecard and going, hell yeah, Bobby Green won this fight. I'm always like, something weird's about to happen. Yeah. That's the only thing. I need him to be able to clearly win a fight, clearly win a round. That's what makes me nervous about that guy. I freaking hate the fact that I can never just rest at the end of a fight going, yes, Bobby Green won this fight. I hate that. Right. He always leaves himself in position for interpretation. Just emphatically went around. Finish yep. somebody. And That's... he gives a fucking wacko speech. Right. All right. Featured prelim, Andreas Michaelidis taking on Alex Pereira. Pereira is at three and one. Michaelidis is at 13 and four. If you're wondering why this is the featured prelim on a stacked card, I'll tell you why. Alex Pereira is the last guy to beat Izzy Adesanya in a kickboxing match. He knocked out Israel Adesanya. He's a minus 255 favorite here against Michaelidis at a plus 200. Over on a round straight is at one and a half. Three and one is a professional mixed martial artist. Do you think that Alex Pereira is going to live up to the hype, go in there and finish Andreas Michaelidis, which he needs to do to maintain any momentum that the UFC is trying to put behind him? I think it's an interesting matchup. One, yeah, because of the history that Alex Pereira has. But Michaelitis, you know, this is a guy that's a bite down in your mouthpiece, die in your shield type fighter. So they're they're expecting fireworks with this fight. I think also when you look at Alex Pereira, not only is he the guy that knocked out Izzy Adesanya, but he also comes from Glover's camp. So he's riding the high of Glover Teixeira's camp his ground game, his jiu-jitsu. That was always a big void for Alex Pereira. He had great kickboxing, but he didn't have the the ground game. He trains under Glover. He's got a good team around him, so he's building that foundation. So I think that a more well-rounded Alex Pereira could actually be you know, pretty significant. I don't think he's justified at a minus 255. I think, you know, you have a live dog in Michaelitis here. He is very strong and can put you out. But I think as a well-rounded, you know, I don't know, I, I think Alex Pereira can get it done. I just, I, I'm going to stay away probably, dude. I like over one and a half, though. I do like that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, I think, I think aggression level is what pays dividends here, right? What, who, who's going to be the aggressor? Who's going to say, this is, this is my pace? If yeah. Michaelides comes out there and he tries to engage in a kickboxing match, clearly it's going to go one way and it's going to be the wrong yeah. way for him. But if he can go out there and make, Pereira fight an MMA fight is an exponentially higher chance of winning the fight, which he needs to do. He cannot sit back and allow Pereira to dictate the pace. Um, he's got to pressure him immediately and not give Pereira room to work. 
he cannot let this resemble anything remotely close to a striking battle, or it's not going to fare well at all. He this whether I know I understand that you know he goes by the Spartan and he wants to you know get in these dog fights. Save that for another day. Like your girl Jesse Jess, who just got a win two weeks ago. Was it last mm-hmm. week? Two weeks ago. Whenever, yeah. whenever she won, she went trained with DC and some other guys, learned how to wrestle, and just went out there and wrestled the entire fight. And then said afterwards, "That was always going to be my game plan. I wanted to see if I could win a fight that way." And she went out and she did it. Right. Michaelitis needs to adopt a very similar approach here. Yes. I, you know, knocking out Pereira would do a ton more for him career trajectory wise, but a win is a win. And at this point you need it. So go out there, get the win. I know he's coming off a knockout over KB Bueller, but KB Bueller, we, we called that way back. Well, that's just the, that, that ain't it, man. Um, Bueller's not that guy. So after losing to Modestus Bukalkis, who's no longer in, in the promotion, and then a win over KB Bueller, you need. You need something here. Go out there, dominate Pereira, use wrestling, use a mixed martial arts style approach, win the fight. Don't go out there and try to kickbox with him because you're going to end up on his highlight reel. Exactly. Um, if if you're Pereira, you cannot get beat by this guy. No. You can't. If if he goes out there and he gets beat by him, we're going to see Gokan Saki 2.0, <laughs> who fights in the promotion and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. World level, world champion level kickboxer comes in, Mixed bag, one and one, and you're out. They don't care. You, no. you, you can't. You, we brought you in to do something. You're not doing it. Dance for me, monkey. And if you don't dance, they're gonna fire you. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So, all right. Here we go. Money line. Win lose. That's all I care about. Ready? Let's do it. Vergara Osborne. Uh, Osborne. I'm on Osborne too. Souza Bagazaria. Bagazaria. My mother uh, as well. Jacoby Allen. Jacoby. I'm on Jacoby as well. Barnett, Volante. God, Volante. I don't like it. I'll go Volante too for right now. All right. Williams, <laughs> Gary. Uh, Gary. I'll go Gary. Shabazian, Imovov. Imovov. Imovov as well. Curtis and Hawes. Curtis. I'm on Curtis. Bobby Green, Ally Quinta. Green. I'm on Green as well. Alex Pereira, Andreas Michalidis. I hate this one too. I'm going to go Piera. All right. I'm on him as well for right now. Vera, um, Edgar. Edgar. Edgar as well. Shane Burgos, Billy Q. Burgos. I'm on Burgos. Gaethje Chandler. Gaethje. I'm on Gaethje. Zhang Wei Li, Rose Namajunas. Going Rose. I'm on I'm on Wei Li. And then Colby Kamara. Oh, the chaos will be brought at MSG. I'm on Colby as well. All right, guys, if you don't already do so, please follow us everywhere at Punchlist MMA, Instagram, Twitter. You want to shoot us an email, if you can do that, chat at Punchlist MMA. Uh, shout out to our show sponsors, Allegiance Clothing and Stay Classy Meats. Best way to support the shows by taking advantage of some of the deals that our show sponsors offer you. If you can't do that uh, and you want a more fiscally responsible way to support the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to us. And if you can't do that or you've already done that, please like, subscribe, share any of the YouTube comment or uh, content that we create or just simply share some of the social media content as well. Any little bit helps the algorithm and brings us out to more people if you want that kind of thing. If you don't, that's okay too. All right. Uh, you got anything else for the people, Trey? 
just the always bang bang be good to each other guys Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.